Welcome to a new episode of the Upper Room Church Podcast. Let's join Pastor Johnson as he shares another life-changing message. Thank you, uh, Brother Boyle, for that prayer. And thank you, Brother Troy, I mean, Parker, for uh, that scripture reading. Well, you have your Bible. We're going to get right into our study on today. Thank God for each and every one of you that are joining us. We are so glad that you took time out of your busy schedule to join us in the name of the Lord. God is good, I mean, and he is certainly worthy to be praised. We're going to uh, get right into our word today. You have your Bibles. You that want to follow me in the word, uh, we're going to go to St. Matthew's, the 15th chapter. Uh, and then we're going to begin reading at verse number 10 through 20, verse 20. And I want to use today for subject matter uh, issues, issues, issues of the heart. That's what I want to talk about this morning. That's what the Lord dropped in my spirit on this week. And I've been meditating on that all week long. Issues of the heart. Uh, you know. Uh, Jesus was talking to the disciples here uh, in Matthew, the 15th chapter, and he was talking about some issues. And, you know, uh, when you talk about issues, everybody I know, everyone that I ever met uh, at some point in time have dealt with some issues. And, uh, you know, we all, we all have some. I have some. You have some. Everybody have some. We're going to talk about today the issues of the heart. When somebody said issues of the heart. Now, when I say issues of the heart, I want to talk to you uh, from a standpoint of uh, the spiritual realm. Because when you say issue of the heart, the heart is the blood pump that God has put in the human body that pumps our blood and keeps us alive. So I don't want to get into that aspect of the heart because I'm not a, I'm not a doctor, a physician. Uh, in that realm, but I am a doctor in the spiritual realm. My uh, 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 diagnosis and my treatment and the things prescription that I write are spiritual. So I consider myself a spiritual doctor and I doctor on the soul. God's ministers, we doctor on the souls and the minds of God's people. And so from a spiritual uh, standpoint of view, I want to talk to you about issues of the heart, spiritual issues of the heart that Jesus talked about in St. Matthew, the 15th chapter, beginning at verse number 10. You got your word? All right, let's look and see what the Lord is saying. Uh, in verse number 10, he said, and he called to the multitude, he called the multitude and said unto them, hear and understand. Y'all see that? It's, it's very, very good and very important that the Lord said, hear and understand. Sometimes we can hear, but we don't understand what we heard. How many times have I heard something and I had to ask a person, uh, what you say? Could you could you say that again? I heard something. But Jesus said, here, 
uh, disciples here. And I want you to understand. And verse number 11 says, not that which goes into the mouth defiles a man, but that which cometh out of the mouth this defiles a man. Now, there was a discussion in, in this particular chapter, the 15th chapter, the uh, beginning of the first verse uh, of 15. Well, the, the Pharisees, the scribes and the Pharisees, uh, that is, they had a tradition. They were very, very pious. They were very, very, uh, they had their own tradition. They had a tradition of uh, a man shouldn't eat anything before washing his hand. They were very, very clean. Uh, you, you ever heard somebody say nice, clean folks? Nice, nasty, clean folks. <laughs> you know, and so the tradition of the Pharisees were they, they it was part of their religion and they believed in it. Don't eat anything. Whatever you eat, go wash your hand, then eat it. That was a religion. Why would you make a religion out of something of that nature? You and I, we all have ate something and didn't wash our hands, and we and we still live, right? Amen. We live and we did, we're doing just fine. Well, these people, the Pharisees, want to make it one of their religions, part of their religious uh custom that uh you don't you don't eat anything. Well, well, well just to give you an idea of what I'm talking about, uh look at um verse uh number one. In chapter 15, then I'm gonna come down to verse 10. Number one said, Then came Jesus, then came to Jesus scribes and Pharisees, which were of Jerusalem, saying, Why do thy disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? For they eat not, for they wash not their hands when they eat. So they, they were saying, Jesus, your disciples, they are transgressing the, the uh tradition of the elder, for they wash not their hand when they eat. Well, who, who will make such a law? Everything that you eat, if you just want to eat a bag of potato chips, you, you got to go in the bathroom and wash your hand. If you just want to crack open a, a Snickers bar or Kit Kat bar or any a piece of candy, you before you eat it, you got to go and wash your hand. What what a, a, a what personal would make a religion out of something like that? I can see if we're working in the field and we done got all dusty and dirty and nasty, then, then we come home, sit down to the di- uh, a good dinner. Uh, of course, we will clean up. But 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 to make a religion just to, just to uh, not everything you eat, you got to go wash your hands. So nice, clean, nasty folks. That's what I, uh, what I looked at the scribes and Pharisees. So Jesus said, why, he said, verse 2, said, why do thy disciples transgress uh, uh, the, the, the tradition of the elder? For they wash not their hands when they eat. But 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 he answered and said to them, why do you transgress the commandments of God by your tradition? Okay, but and he got into that. So that brings us down to verse number 10 where I want to go to. So here Jesus is trying to explain this situation more and more to the disciples that they might understand. So he said, he called a multitude and said to them, here and Understand this right here. This is the way it should go. Not that which goes into uh, the mouth defiles a man, but that which come out of the mouth, this defiles a man. In other words, the Lord is saying, not that that goes in, make you defile me unclean. Not that which goes in your mouth, make you an unclean person, but that which come out of the mouth. So Jesus will put more focuses on spiritual things than on natural things 
where the Pharisees were putting more emphasis on the, the natural things than, than versus the spiritual thing. So the Lord just flipped the script here, and he said, uh, that which goes into the mouth uh, defiles a man. That which goes into the mouth, that don't necessarily defile, but that which come out of the mouth. In other words, we need to be careful what come out of us versus what goes in. We hear a lot of things every day on your job, conversations, being around people, being in the world, in the grocery stores, in schools. We hear a lot of things. If what comes in my ear and what I hear defiles me, then we all going to be very, very polluted. Right? Because we can be in, 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 in environments and the environment that we are surrounded in may not be so wholesome. But as long as uh, what you hear is, is not uh, being recorded and, and it's not setting in and, and then it comes out of you, then you, you're okay. Right? So he said, uh, then, then verse number 12 said, Then came his disciples and said unto him, uh, Knowest thou that the Pharisees were offended after they heard this saying? The Pharisees were upset about what you said, Jesus, when you said not that it goes in, but that it comes out. It's not that what I hear, but it's what I say. That, that, that determines whether or not I'm unclean or I'm a filter. It's what I say. I hear cursing, swearing, and lying, and all kind of stuff all the time. But as long as it don't come out of me, that it doesn't mess me up. It's just like uh, a fish in the water. Let me give you that analogy. Fish is in the water, right? Just swimming around in the water. But guess what? There's no water in the fish. That makes sense to anybody. Have you ever thought about that? How can he be in that water? Now, you and I, we're not fish. We get in the water. We're going we gonna, we gonna to drown. We're going to uh, take on water. We're going to swallow the water. We're we just going to uh, 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 just go to the bottom. But it's amazing how God made this fish to swim in the sea, or in the ocean or river, in the water, and the water is not in him or, or, or in it. And so it, that same analogy we can apply to being in this world. This world is corrupt. People are corrupt. People are bad. I mean, it's still in a kill. Every day there's some kind of, uh, you just turn the news on. Somebody was shot just the other day. Yesterday I was listening to the news and they said there was a, a, a I think it was a five-year-old baby got shot in the chin. Was it five, three, two? Okay, two-year-old baby shot in the chin. Got a hold to his parents' gun in some kind of way, managed to pull the trick and discharge it. And I guess it just went across his chin, could have shot him in the face and just killed him. But every day, something terrible goes on. This is a mean world. And so, living in this mean world, how can you and I, as children of God, live in this old mean world and not become like what we're in? It's very simple. You don't have to do what you see. It's very simple. On yesterday, we we went visit our, uh, our granddaughter there in Nashville to check on her, see how she was doing in school, just see how she was doing. We got up there, and the uh, the department building that we, she showed us a little tour of the school, and the apartment building that she living in, where they got her staying in, 
course, she got her roommate on the other side, some more people. And when we got there, everything seemed to be okay. But we, we, we left and we got something to eat and we come back. I noticed this, this crazy smell. And uh, I said, what is that smell? I said, mm, I know what that is. Marijuana all in the air, just the stink of it everywhere. And, of course, a grandmother and some of the other, they were concerned of how you put up with this. But anyway, uh, she began to tell us that the girl in the other dorm has a, a medical condition and the doctor has prescribed her medical marijuana uh, for her condition or depression or whatever it might be. And uh, and so the stench of marijuana is in, in the room. And so uh, some of the other were concerned, and, and, and I thought about, just and my granddaughter, uh, she said this. She said, uh, uh, "It's not just uh, here." She said, "Grandmama, it's everywhere. It's all over the campus. Whether it's in this dorm or that dorm, it's everywhere." So she got to go to school in an environment where everybody smoking weed. You go on the street, you can smell it around the corner. It's everywhere, and so uh, it's like the fish in the water, and that's where we are in this world. The fish is not taking on water, but he's in the water. And so we in this old evil world, but you don't have to be like what you see. I'm just around it. I'm just around evil people. I'm around evil men and evil women and evil boys and girls. But I'm not I'm not like them. I'm not going to be like them. And that's what Jesus is saying right here about the scribes and the Pharisees. He said, well, it's, it's not that that what goes in your mouth that defiles you, but it's what comes out of you. Make sure you, you hear these things, but you don't have to repeat what you hear. You don't have to act like what uh, become what you see. And the Lord said here, he, he said, excuse me. Not that which comes, uh, uh, goes in your mouth defiles you, but that which comes out. But I'm going to talk just a little bit. We get down into it here. We're going to talk about the issues of the heart then. But he said, don't you know that the scribes and Pharisees, they were offended, verse 12, they were offended after, after hearing this saying, you you going against what we teach. And we teach that everybody ought to be dressed up nice and clean and wash your hand. Everything you eat, wash your hand, wash your hand, wash your hand. Never eat anything. Wash your hand, wash your hand. See, the thing about it is a lot of them were washing their hands. They had clean hands, but they had dirty hearts. Y'all follow what I'm saying? They had clean hands, but dirty hearts. What, what, what is a, a clean hand, but, but, but your heart is dirty? Clean your heart up. That's what God wants us to do. Let's clean up our hearts. And that's what brings me to my thought, the issues of the heart spiritually. We, 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 have, we have some heart issues. And, and, and the things that I see in our community and around us is it's because people have heart issues. I'm talking about spiritual. I'm not talking in the physical realm, but in the spiritual realm, there are a lot of heart issues people are having. And this is, this is why we see the things that we see. Heart issues. So he said, that which uh, uh, comes out is what defiles you. Yeah, they were offended. Verse 13 said, but he answered and said unto them, every plant which my heavenly father has not planted shall be rooted up. In other words, if God didn't ordain it, if God didn't start it, God didn't initiate it, it's going to come to nothing. It's going to be rooted up. Every church, every religion, every every uh, uh, a religious or uh, uh, spiritual group or whatever it might be, if it's if it's not of God, 
He going to root it up. Y'all know what that means. He going to pluck it up in the last day. Well, he's not going to root it up now. Right now, the devil is having his time. And now, now it's the devil. It's operating. But the day will come that everything that, that's not the way the Lord said it should be in the Bible is going to be rooted up. So rooting day, my old pastor said, he preached a sermon one day. He said, rooting day is coming. See, rooting day coming when we stand before God in judgment. This is when rooting day will take place, when God will root up everything that's not like his word. Every religion, every faith, every believer, every every religion, every denomination, if it's not like God said, that's going to be rooting day, the day of judgment going to be rooting day. When everybody will find out where they stand, there will be rooting day on the day of judgment. And so here he said, every plant that my heavenly father has not planted shall be rooted up. In verse number 14, he said, but, but here's what the Lord said in verse 14 to the, his disciples. He said, but let them alone. They be blind leaders of the blind. And if the blind lead the blind, they both shall fall into the dead. This is one of the reasons I stress never, never, never argue with people about religion. Can 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 we talk? Y'all heard they got a song out. I forgot who sang it. And and and, and in the song, the man said, uh, "Can can we talk?" And so can 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 we can we talk, uh, bro Obi? Can we can we talk, bro James? See, that's what the Lord saying. He said, "But let let them alone. Don't argue or fight about." The Baptists don't argue and fight about Jehovah Witnesses. Don't argue and fight about Pentecostal. Don't do that. Leave them alone. They be blind leaders of the blind. And if the blind lead the blind, you know what? where they going? They both going to a ditch. How can a blind man? Here I am, a blind man. Follow me. Follow me. Follow me, Brother Johnson. He blind. He don't how he know where he going. And he got me by the hand. And so we want what what we should do is make sure that we are not blind leaders. There's a lot of blind leaders out here. But the Lord instructs us, leave, leave them alone. And, and, and when rooting day come, God going to root up all those. Every plant that his father hadn't, hadn't planted going to be rooted up. Now, verse 15. Uh, verse 15 goes on, says, Then answer Peter and said unto him, Declare unto this parable. Declare unto us this parable. And so, you know, it's it very good. It's very important that we all uh, have clarity of things. Uh, it, it's nothing like a good understanding. Am I right? And, you know, one, one of the things that our president that we have now, he always, there's a phrase that he always say that I like. Not that I'm all, I'm into the president that we have. I pray for him because he's a sick man that he, he definitely need our prayers. And we don't want to make fun of a sick man. He has dementia or Alzheimer, whatever the case might be. We don't make fun of anybody. The man need prayer. But one of the things that he say that I, I, I really like when he's trying to talk to people, to crowd, the media, he would say, uh, let, let me be clear. Let me be clear. And even though we may not be clear, <laughs> but, you know, but he always used that phrase. Let me be clear. And, and that's good. And people really need to be clear. And so Jesus and Peter said, Lord, uh, 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 declare unto us this parable and make make it clear. Make it plain to us. Somebody, Lord, Lord, make it plain. Make it so plain that a blind man can see. I want you to see what the Lord is speaking about. We spiritual leaders and teachers, we really need to explain this Bible so people can see. Now, I see what. I see what Brother Johnson talking about. I'm not just trying to uh, uh, teach my way because I don't have a way. 
it's his way. But but I want to make it plain and I pray all the time before I come before you that the Lord bless me to be able to make it plain so you can see. Then there's some folks that don't want to see. You know, I, I never forget years ago in my early ministry, we was talking to a lady. I was talking to a lady that was in our church. And we were, in fact, we were talking about, we was talking about uh, praying. You know, men's praying, women praying. And the Bible talks about women praying that uh, when a woman prays, she, she should cover herself. She should veil her, her hair, veil her head when she's praying. And we were discussing that. And the particular lady that I was talking to, she, she didn't believe it. I said, well, I can show it to you in the Bible. You want me to show you? She said, no. She didn't want to see it, bro. She, she didn't want to see it. I said, I can show you in the Bible. I said, when a woman prays, she should, she should cover her head. I said, you want to see it? I show it to you. She said, I don't want to see it. And so, and, and, and so, so we, our job is to, to make it plain so you can see if you want to see. Well, there's something people don't want to see. Don't show me because if, 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 if you see it, then that leaves you, now you got to make a decision. See what I'm saying? So some people don't, no, don't show, I don't want to see it. Don't mess up my mind. Don't mess up my conscience. Because once you show me this in the word of God, then I got to make a conscious decision whether I'm going to do it or whether I'm going to go the other way. So some people feel if they don't know it, then it won't bother their conscience. But whether it bother your conscience or not, when you meet the Lord, you're still going to be judged whether you know it or not. So it's best to know, know all you can know and learn all you can learn right here before we meet the Lord because we're going to be judged because the, the, the Lord going to say, look, I had a preacher. I, I, there's, you had your Bible. Did you read it? It's in there. So if we don't know, we're still going to be judged whether we know or we don't know. So it's behoove all of us to find out and learn all we can about God. Somebody said, well, I didn't know. Well, why didn't you know? God set up his institution. He set up the church. He set up his spiritual teachers, his advisors, his elders, and his ministers, and, 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 and the men of God. He got him for her, here for a reason. We're here for a reason. I'm a minister for a reason. Now, let's go a little bit further. So he said, declare this parable unto the plain. And in verse 16, he said, and Jesus, and Jesus said, are ye also yet without understanding? I'm, 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 I'm ministering to you, Peter. I'm talking to you, Peter. Are you yet without understanding? And the answer, yes, Peter still didn't get it. So sometimes people ain't going to get it the first go around. So that's why we ministers, we, we got to be patient because everybody ain't going to get it the first time. There's some people, they sharp. They're going to pick it up the first time you teach it. And there's some people you're going to have to teach it again and again and again and again before they be able to see the light. Am I making sense? Yeah. It took me a while to see the light about many things in the word of God. But, but I thank God I saw the light. And see, so he said, are you, are you also without understanding? Yeah, he didn't, he didn't, couldn't see it. Verse 17, he said, now, do, do not you yet understand that whatsoever enter into uh, the mouth goes into the belly and is cast into the drought? Don't you understand, Peter, that whatever you eat, it, 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 whatever you eat, it goes into your mouth and then it goes into your belly and, and, and then it goes out, out to drought. And, and I was looking at the NIV Bible, NIV, he, he reads it like this right here. Uh, don't you see that whatsoever enter the mouth goes into the stomach and then it goes out the body. But the thing that come out of the mouth 
comes from the heart and this defiles a man. So not that that comes in defiles you, but that that comes out. So it's very, very important that we be careful what comes out of our mouth. Be careful what you say to someone. Be careful what you say to people. Because what you say to people, that, that's how you're going to be judged by what you say. Not that it goes in, it goes into the stomach. Then it goes into the drought. Look up that word drought. And I read, I read this scripture for, for many, many times years ago. I said, what is Jesus talking about? It goes into whatever in into the mouth, then it goes into the belly. I can understand that. And then it casts out into the drought. I couldn't grasp that. I couldn't wrap my head around that part. But after research and research, drought just means go to the out. It goes outside, go out of the body. That's all it means. It goes out of the body. Our food, it, our food is eliminated daily. Data elimination. That's what it means. So it goes out. Now, now he goes on saying verse number now, now verse 18 says, but those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart. So what people say, people, well, I didn't mean it. If you don't mean it, you shouldn't say it. But that those things which comes out of the mouth, they come from the heart, and, and that defiles a man. And so that's why at Bramington Point, I'm talking about the issues of the heart, spiritual. There's a lot of things that come from inside of you, coming from your heart, and, and that what that, that, that determine whether or not you're clean and unclean. Now, he gets into a list of things here that he considers uh, 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 clean and unclean. Look, look at verse number 19. Now, the issues of the heart, spiritual. Verse 19 said, for out of the heart, you, you heard people, let me, before I get into that, I heard people talk, I've been talking to them about the Lord, and, they, and, and I was trying to show them that they need to change their way and give their life to the Lord. And, and, and they would say, you, you don't know what's in my heart, Tom. You, you don't know. You, don't, uh, you know, I'd tell them, look, you're a sinner. You need to be saved. You need to accept the Lord Jesus Christ. You don't know what's in my heart. And uh, our pastor taught us back then to say, yes, I do. And so to say, yes, I do know what's in your heart. That's a bold statement for me to look at you and tell you, I do know what's in your heart. How can you say what's in my heart? I can say what's in your heart by what Jesus says in your heart. Here it is right here. Look, look at verse 19. For from out of the heart perceive evil thoughts. Evil thoughts is in the heart. Then he goes on and says, not, not, only, not only is evil thoughts in heart, murderers Murder? Why you think we have all, all the murder going on in, 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 in the city of Memphis and all over the world? Because it's in the heart. For out of the heart proceed bad thoughts. I'm going to blow something up. Out of the heart come murders. All the killing. Out of the heart comes adulteries. Out of the heart comes fornication. Out of the heart is theft. And everybody knows stealing and breaking in cars. My goodness, stealing cars left and right. They said, don't have a, don't have an infinity. And what's that other car uh, that they steal so much? Act, kill, kill. Don't have infinity. Don't have a kill. They stealing left and right. They said, easy to steal. So theft, all this stuff comes from an individual heart. They got to think about it. Thefts and false witnesses and blasphemy. All this is in man's heart. So the issues of the heart. We do have issues, and all the issues come from our heart. 
verse 20 says, these are the things which defiles a man. But to eat with unwashed hand defiles not a man. So the Pharisee would put more emphasis on eating and I hadn't went and washed my hands off versus the that's what comes out of the heart that actually defiles a man. And Jesus teaching upset at those strives and Pharisees because they were more worried about the outside than they were on the inside. And so what we God wants to do, let's focus on the inside. That's why he said that which comes out of you, not that that goes in, but that that comes out of the heart. This is defiled a man. Am I making sense to anybody? Now, now the issues of the heart, we all have some heart issues. Now, as I was doing my study con concerning uh, issues of the heart spiritually, it brought me up on, it brought me up on uh, six stages of, of, of a heart. Six stages of a heart that spiritually, I want to give you the six stages of, of people that have uh, spiritual heart issues. Now, I'm not getting into the physical heart, you know, irregular heartbeat and all that kind of stuff. That's a, that's a, that's a physical doctor uh, problem. I want to get into the spiritual problem of our heart. Six stages of a spiritual heart issue. I'll give you all six of them. Number one, the first stage of a spiritual heart issue is a broken heart. Some people walk around here. You talking? I'm talking about issues of the heart. Some people walk around, their heart has been broken. So uh, what do you mean by a broken heart? Some people that have a broken heart mean that, that, that you've been hurt by somebody. You, you, somebody has, uh, 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 you, you lost trust in someone. So that, that's a spiritual heart issue. Are y'all listening to me? I know some of you all probably listen to me this morning. You you probably know real well what I'm talking about when, when I when I say broken hearted. You you can understand that you trust a trust problem. Uh, I, I can't trust you. You broke my heart. That's a that's an issue. That's a heart issue. Spiritual heart issue. Number one. Number two uh, uh, is the second thing about uh, the spiritual heart issue is a fearful heart. See, having a fearful heart. That's a hard issue. Some people just, they're just afraid. They're afraid to go outside. They're afraid to go down the street. They're just scared to keep the doors locked. They got, got, got locks on the door. Got, you got the regular door knob. Got a dead boat lock. Then got one to slide crawl there with the chain. Just, you, if something come in there, you can't get out. <laughs> Y'all hear what I'm saying? They just fearful. That's a hard issue. And Jesus told us so many times in the word, he said, fear not. Fear not. Because uh, with fear, Fear is torment. Fear paralyzes you. Fear makes you not. You, you won't do nothing. Fear, you won't go out of one room into the next one. Fear, you won't stick your head out the door. We can't live like that. That's why Jesus said, fear not. Fear not. Pray every day that Lord rid us of fear. And then he said, uh, then of course the Lord goes on and tells about the fearful heart. He said, perfect love cast out fear. So when you begin, when you really get the love of God in your heart, a lot of fear goes away. It really does. And so the, the second stage of a spiritual heart issue is fearfulness. And some of you all need to work on that too. Uh, because a lot of you, I know y'all are afraid of a lot of things. A lot of insects, a lot of this, a lot of that. They're fearful. And, uh, and, 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 and it just messes you up where you can't function. 
And so that's that's a sign of a spiritual heart issue, fearfulness. Okay, number three, uh, third stage of a, 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 of a spiritual heart issue is anger. It's an angry heart. Somebody say angry heart. Oh, it's so many people walk away here with heart issues. I'm talking about spiritual heart issues. It's a shame. I mean, they're, they're angry at the world. They're angry at you. They're angry at me because I try to teach them the word of God. Angry heart. I think uh, I don't have that heart issue. I'm not angry at anybody. I'm not angry at nobody. That's a heart issue. People walk around. You see them. And they have an angry heart. Why are you so mad? Why are you so angry? Can we talk? That's a heart issue. And the Lord teaches us about these things. An angry heart. So we have a broken heart. We have a fearful heart. Then we have an angry heart. Number four, uh, a spiritual heart issue uh, is a hopeless heart. Somebody said hopeless. There are some hearts that are just, just hopeless. Oh, they just ain't giving up in life. I just don't believe in I just don't believe nothing no more. I don't have faith in nobody. I don't have faith in my parents. I don't have faith in my hood. I don't have faith in the government. I don't have faith in anybody. You know, I just I just been hurt so bad. I I, I I'm uh, just hopeless. Some people the hopeless heart. And 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 I don't, I haven't ran up on too many people with a hopeless heart that you just can't give them hope. I know you can be at the end of your rope. I mean, wanting to give up, wanting to cast in a towel. Uh, a, a hopeless heart, a good example of a hopeless heart is a person ready to take his or her life. I'm ready to commit suicide. I'm ready to jump off the bridge. Boom! Just end it all. That's hopeless. Somebody said, "Don't do it." There's hope. You don't have to do that. You don't have to do that. Hopeless life. That's the fourth stage of a spiritual heart issue. The fifth stage of a spiritual heart issue is a heart heart. Heart heart. Some people, uh, they, they heart is so hard. I mean, a person that has a heart heart is a person that don't want to listen. Jesus said, Jesus said, the day that you hear my voice, hard not your heart. A person that has a hard heart, they don't want to receive any instruction. They don't want you to tell them anything. They don't want to receive anything. They don't believe nobody. They, their heart is hard. And, and, and things can happen in life to make people, to cause people to have a hard heart. Whether they was let down or forsaken or, or, or you know, or used or abused. Some people, their heart is just hard. Now, y'all remember Pharaoh? When the children of Israel were down there in the land of Egypt and Pharaoh had them, well, 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 the Lord told Moses, go down there and get my people and tell Pharaoh, let them go. And so Moses told Pharaoh, God said, let them go. You know, Pharaoh let them go. Pharaoh let the children of Israel go and they took off. They were going to the promised land and Pharaoh changed his mind. Let's go get them, y'all. Don't let them get away. Go get them children of Israel. Bring them back down here and keep them as our slave. So the Lord, the Bible said, the Lord hardened his heart, made him change his mind. A person with a hard heart is a person that has changed his or her mind. Why you change on me like that? We were fine yesterday. I just talked to you a little while ago and you changed already. I changed my mind. There's a person that has a hard heart. You're going to meet people. That's feel that has a heart heart. Oh, six stages of spiritual heart issue. I met people. 
I met people, I've seen folks that we was good yesterday, but they had a change of heart. A hard heart. All right, my last one, then I'm going to get back to my lesson, get back to my text here. The last stage of a, a, a condition of a spiritual heart issue is a numb heart. Somebody said numb. A numb heart. There are some people have a numb heart. A person with a numb heart, you know anything that numb you? Have you, have you, have your leg, you've been sitting a long time and your leg went numb, man, you couldn't feel, you, you stomped your feet, you couldn't, like it, go, you've gone to sleep. Your hand, your hand or something went to sleep and, and said, man, my hand just feels so numb. I can't feel anything. You hitting it like this and doing that, my arm is just kind of numb. You shake it, try to get that blood back to moving. Numb. There's some people who heart is numb. They don't feel anything. You can teach them. You can read to them in the Bible, but they just can't feel anything. There, there's no emotion. Sometimes, sometimes, you may not always agree with the preacher, but sometime or another, some things he say in his word, you ought, to, you ought to get it, you ought to understand it, you ought to be able to identify with it. You ought to say, well, I, I, I know what the preacher talking about. He right now, he, he's on that. I can identify with that. Well, you write about that, brother, pastor. Go on, talk about it. You Go on, preach, man. But some people's heart is numb. Ain't nothing you can say. They can resonate with it. They can't feel it. They can't feel it. And they, they, they got an old song out here a long time ago. A uh, 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 man said, I wouldn't have a religion that I couldn't feel sometime. You're a very religion, religious person, but you can't, you can't feel your religion. You can't. You talk about God, you talk about the Lord, you talk about Jehovah, but you can't feel him. I, I, would, I wouldn't want a God that I couldn't feel sometimes. Look, I, 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 you, you, should, you shouldn't want a wife, you shouldn't want a husband that you can feel sometimes. Uh, you know, I, I, I wouldn't want no children that, that I couldn't hug sometimes. Come here, Troy. Come here, Melanie. Come here, Parker. Who, who wants such, something like that? And so it is with God. I, I wouldn't want a God. I don't want a God. I don't want a religion. I don't want uh, 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 anything like that that I can't feel sometimes that, that, that we can commune, we can talk, and we can identify, and we, you know, we can bump shoulders or something. And so here, the, the numb heart, the numb heart is a person that don't feel anything. You can talk to them. I mean, you can't make them smile. You can't get them to laugh. There, there's no happiness. There's no joy. There's no nothing there. Numb heart. Y'all know anybody like that? I hope you don't. <laughs> I hope you don't. Because sometime or another, you ought to be able to feel something. So we have the broken heart, the fearful heart, the angry heart, the hopeless heart, the hard heart, and then the numb heart. Y'all don't, don't, don't get into these these categories where you experience the experience the spiritual heart issue. Now let's get back to what we were our text here. We're talking about. Issues of the heart. Now, turn me to uh, the Proverbs, the book of Proverbs, Proverbs, the fourth chapter. I'm talking about issues of the heart. And men and women, believe me, people are, do have problems. They, they, there are issues of the heart. Y'all follow what I'm saying? There are issues of the heart that we're dealing with. Now, take a look at this right here. Proverbs, the fourth chapter. Proverbs, the fourth chapter is uh, in verse number 23. Uh, uh, he says right here in verse 23, he said, keep thy heart. Keep your heart with all diligence, whatever you do. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it 
are the issues of life. Keep your heart. We got to make sure we keep our heart with all diligence for out of the heart. See, everything comes up out of the heart. Whatever come out of my heart, it, it helps direct my life. So I got to keep my heart. I got to guard it. And, and I was looking at uh, uh, the NIV Bible where it said in this particular verse, it said, guard your heart above all else for it determines the causes of let me read it again. It said, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. So my heart really determines the course of my life. That's why I got to be, I'm so particular. I'm so careful with my heart. You know, guard it. I'm so careful about who I give my heart to. You, you be careful who you give your heart to. Some folks, they get a heart to anybody. You give your heart to a man that don't deserve it. He'll break it and walk all over it. Issues of the heart. And so he said right here, uh, uh, guard your heart above all else. I watch over my heart so so much because for it determines the course of life. My heart determines which way I'm going to go in life, which what, what I'm going to do. What, what I'm gonna, where I'm gonna live, where I'm gonna stay. My heart led me years ago. We were living out in North Memphis. Out there off of Jackson on Mansfield. My heart led me to Frazier. <laughs> yeah, that's where it directed me to. So we went out there in Frazier and we stayed in Frazier about 15, 20 years. And then my heart directed me where I'm at now, over here off of Covenant Pike. And so we have to guard our heart because the, our heart, it, 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 it determines the course of your life. Where am I going to do? Where am I going to spend the rest of my life? A lady asked me on yesterday, somebody wrote was up there to Nashville, asked me, are y'all going to move anymore? I looked at her and said, no, well, I, ain't, I ain't going nowhere else. Only way I move again is something drastically happened. I said, now, years ago, I talked to my sister, my niece about moving to Atlanta. Year, that was years ago. I was in my 30s and 40s then. We talked about uh, uh, that, and, I, and, and, and I, I, I decided I wanted to go. A part of me want to move to Atlanta, just get out of Memphis. Part of me want to stay. So I wind up staying. And and then the conversation come up yesterday. Uh, my niece asked me, uh, are y'all going to move again? I said, well, I'm not going. No, the only way I move again, I mean, I don't play the lottery. I don't know how to do scratch all. But something big got to happen, Brother Jane, before I move again. Because, <laughs> man, this is it. I'm going to stay right here. I'm going to stay where I'm at till Jesus come. I ain't going nowhere till Jesus come. You know, and, and I'm just, just throwing out there like that. But in the word, my heart has directed me where I'm at now. And this is where I want, I've settled down. This is where I made my nest. And this is where I'm going to be unless something change. I mean, big. Sometimes, you know, for, you, you get tired of moving. At some point or another, you get tired of moving around, right? Folks to move here, they to move there. I know folks to move about 20, 30 times. I mean, they, they, they just like a, y'all, in the old days, we used to call them gypsy. Y'all ever heard a, a gypsy? She's a gypsy woman. Just move everywhere. Over here, over there. Gypsies don't stay nowhere long. They just, they just stay there two, three days, then they go. Over here, two, three days, then they go. Gypsy, I ain't got no gypsy blood in me. And I get somewhere, I stay there for a while. Am I making sense to anybody? But, but I know a lot of folks, they, they, they got gypsy blood in them. They don't stay everywhere and finna move again. 
So, so he said, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Your heart directs your, your, your course of life. The issues of the heart. Now, I'm almost done. I'm almost done. I got two more scriptures I want to go through here with you. Then I'm going to let you go. Look at the book of uh, Psalms. Turn to the book of Psalms. Psalm, uh, David talked about the heart, and it's very, very important. David, our heart, so we got to guard it. We got to be protective of it because it's very, very important. The issues of the heart. I thank God today for what David is saying right here. Psalms 139. Psalms 139 and verse 23. This is a good prayer for any believer, any Christian to pray. Psalms 139. I give you the verse and verse uh, 23 and 24. This is, this is a good prayer. Everybody all pray this prayer. If you can remember, David said this right here. He knew the heart was so important. It, 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 it determined what you're going to do in life, where you're going to go, what you're going to be. Don't, don't you know, whatever you be in life, uh, it, it, it comes up from your heart. He said in verse 23, he said, search me, Lord. He says, search me, oh God, and know my heart. And you know, this, this, this is a good, honest prayer. When I, when I read this, what David said, he said, search me, oh God, and know my heart. I was saying, that's good. He said that. He, he didn't really have to say that because God going to search you anyway, and God know you anyway, but it's good to be honest and upright and up out front with God. He loves it when we do that. I'm not in denial. I'm not trying to hide anything. I'm not trying to cover up anything because God knows you. He know you. I prayed to him at night. I said, Lord, I know you know me. You know what I like. You know what I don't like. You know what I'll do. And you know what I won't do. So I'm just honest with him. I just need you to help me because you already know. Can y'all say man? <laughs> Somebody said you already know. <laughs> I ain't trying to hide nothing. You already know. And so David says, search me, uh, oh God, and know my heart. And then he said, try me. Try me. Put me through the test, through the acid test, and, and, and know my thoughts. We all need to pray this prayer, ask God to try us. And believe me, God have tried you so many times, whether you know it or not. He'll put you through the test. And the test is not so much for God. The test is for you. But sometimes you don't even know you. Amen. Amen. I heard some folks say, well, I know me. I know me. I know what I'll do. Yeah. You, you, sometimes you might know what you might do in certain situations. And then sometimes you don't know what you might do. So you don't, you really don't know you like you know you. It's some folks have done things that they thought they, they thought they'll never would be them. They thought they'll never do that. Never would do that. Man, I, 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 I've, I've said to people, I never thought he would do that. I know he would do something, but I never thought he would do that. I never thought he would kill nobody. I never thought he would steal from the neighbor. I never thought that. It never came to my mind. Never occurred to me. So sometimes we think we know ourselves. We really don't. The devil can tip you. The devil can try you, man. And 
And he would do it. So he says, search me, oh God, and know my thoughts and try me and, and, and know my thoughts. And verse number 24 says, and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me into the way of everlasting. And so this is a good prayer for everybody to pray at night on the knee. Lord, search me, know my thoughts and try me, try me. In. And if you find anything that in me that's not right, take it out, show it to me, reveal it to me. And this all David said, David asked him, Lord, reveal to me anything. Thing that's displeasing to you. This is an this is a, a an appropriate prayer for every believer. Not only must we have hate unrighteousness in the world, we we must also be aware that there are some things in us that grieves God. I know some things in me that God don't like. And that's why David prayed this prayer. He said, Lord, search me. You know. And if there be anything in me that, that, that's, that's going to grieve you to do your life, uh, lead me in the way of everlasting life. And so there, there is. I'm going to tell you, every one of us in here today and everybody that listen to me, there are some things in you that grieves God. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Only somebody know that they didn't have something, two people, two people in the whole Bible that I know that, that, that didn't have anything in them that displeased God. One, there was Jesus. Two, there was a man named Enoch. Enoch. In the Old Testament, Enoch was in the Old Testament, and the Bible said Enoch was a righteous man. He was so good. He was so righteous in doing God's will that God loved him so much that God just took him, took him and carried him on to heaven. You too good to be with these sinful folks. That was Enoch. The other man that was so good was Jesus Christ. When Jesus Christ got baptized of John the Baptist out there in the river of Jordan, the, the, heaven, the Bible said that heaven opened up and it shined a light from heaven and came down and lit up on Jesus and John. And, and the Lord said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. I find no fault in this man. On two people in the Bible, I read that. Everybody else in the Bible I read about, they had some flaws. Moses was a good man. Moses, y'all follow me? Moses was a good man. But Moses had some problems. Moses had some issues. Before the Lord saved Moses, Moses killed a man on the backside of the desert. He saw a man fighting one of his brothers, one of the Israelites, and Moses went over there and fought the man and killed him. And when they saw Moses kill him, Moses took off running. Ran to the other side of the desert and hid a long time. God forgave him, raised him up, and made him the leader of the people. So, all through the Bible, there are people that are flawed. Abraham, y'all know Abraham. Everybody talk about Abraham. Father Abraham, oh, Abraham. Abraham was a good man. Abraham had a son, Isaac. Abraham offered up Isaac upon the, upon the altar to the Lord. Him and Sarah, the only son. God promised him a son, and he offered him up. Abraham had some issues. Abraham lied. Mm-hmm. Abraham was down there. He was traveling with his wife. Abraham had a beautiful wife. She was very, very attractive. The Bible said she called a fair, very, very attractive woman. You looked at this woman and said, man, she was so pretty. And the enemies came up on Abraham one day, and they looked at that woman. She was so pretty. And this man, he was a king, and he looked at him. He asked Abraham. Abraham thought that they were going to kill him and take his beautiful wife into captivity and let her be his wife. So Abraham feared so for his life. The man asked him, said, who is this right here? Abraham said, oh, that's my sister. He lied. She ain't your sister. That's your wife. 
And later on, when they finally got Abraham down there where they were going, and and, and the king came and, and the king was in the room with Sarah. She was so pretty. Oh man, he was ready to make her his wife. He was ready to take her in the back room and turn out the light. And then Sarah finally told him that in the conversation, that Abraham was my husband. And the king got nervous. That's your husband? He told me you was his sister. And the king was so angry when I didn't got Abraham. He said, I thought you said this was your sister. He said, well, uh, why did you lie? He said, well, I lied because I feared for my life. I thought you was going to kill me and take her anyway. So Abraham wasn't all that perfect. He lied. Mm, issues of the heart. David wasn't all that perfect. He was the king of Israel. We all know what David did. Okay. And so the, the people all through the Bible who had, had issues, issues of the heart. But there were only two people I know that didn't. Uh, follow what I'm saying? And so David is saying this prayer right here. He's saying, search me. We all need to pray this prayer. Lord, search me, oh God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And leave. If you see any wicked thing, any way in me, take it out. Leave me in the way of everlasting. So try me. God is trying to. God, God, he, uh, we need to ask God often. Lord, show me anything in me. Some, some people don't want God to show them anyway. You know, you know, most time when God show you what's wrong with you, it's when you come to church on Sunday morning and when you hear the preacher, God shining his light into your hearts. And he's showing you, it's like a mirror, the word of God. The word of God right here is just like a mirror. And when you come to church on Sunday morning, God is showing you, you're looking right in the mirror at you. When I read this word, this is you. And God's showing you the way you are. Don't get mad at me. God's showing you the way you are. And, 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 and just be happy. I thank God you're showing me the way I am so I can change. Because I, if I don't know the way I am or what I am, then I'll never change my ways. Sometimes we get mad at the person that shows us the mirror. But the person that shows you the mirror is just a messenger. He's just a messenger. Don't shoot the messenger. You don't shoot the mailman, do you? He bring your bill, your utility bill. He bring all your bills that you owe in the mail. Do y'all get mad at the mailman? Why he bring me this old cutoff notice? <laughs> Why he bring me this bill? I'm sick of these bills. You don't get mad at the mailman. He bring, he's just a mailman. People get mad at the preacher. The preacher is just a messenger. Don't shoot the messenger. I'm almost done. My last scripture here, we're still in the book of Psalms. Psalms 19. Issues of the heart. Issues of the heart. God can help us. So David said, Lord, search me. And I want, and if anything in me that grieves you, show it to me and take it out. That's what I want God to do for me. Fix my heart. Now, now, Psalms 19, verse number, number 14. I'm almost done. Psalms 19, verse number 14. David said these words. He said, let the words of my mouth. Y'all said, and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. That's a prayer. This is a prayer that any believer should pray at night. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. The things that I say, I want God to accept it. And he ain't going to accept the things that I say. I want to make sure I say the right thing. I know he ain't going to accept no cursing, lying, and swearing. He ain't going to accept that. So, Lord, I, let my words, let my words of my mouth and the meditation of things that are in my heart, let it be acceptable in your sight. Oh, Lord, my strength and my redeemer. And so 
So that's my prayer. I pray at night. Help me with my thoughts and help me with my words because I want them to be acceptable in your sights. And if you see anything in me that ain't right, if I'm doing something that ain't right, uh, show it to me and then help me deal with it. Because I don't want the Holy Spirit to be grieved with me in my life. Can somebody say amen to that? This is the word of God for people, to, for, the, to, for the world and, and, and the whole world. We all have issues now. I'm telling you, the whole world have issues. They, they have issues they don't want to face. They got issues they don't want to talk about. They got issues they just want to leave me alone. Why don't you just leave me alone? Y'all know Michael Jordan, Jack, he had a song out, Leave Me Alone. He had a song saying, Leave Me Alone. Everybody talking about Michael Jackson, you know, sleeping with them children in the bed. Man, you don't put babies in the bed with you. You know the word, get out all kind of rumors that get out. Don't put babies in your bed. Get them in their own bed. Leave me alone. The song sound good. We dance all over. Leave me alone. <laughs> but, 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 but what you were doing, man, making people, they can't leave you alone because what you're doing. And so, and this is what the whole world wants. Everybody, in the, everybody wants, just leave me alone. It, it's me. This is what I want to do. Just leave me alone. If I leave you alone, you're going to hurt yourself. And because I, 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 I'm concerned, a person is concerned that, that they're trying to show you a better way. Show you so you won't hurt yourself. Be careful right there. Going through that. Watch where you're going. Watch where you step. I want you to trip up on nothing. Oh, I got it. I got it. Leave me alone. Everybody wants, the whole world wants you to just leave me alone. But God said he loved you so much. He loved us so much that he want to uh, hit us off from a world of trouble. And I thank God Jesus won't leave me alone. When I was in my sin, when I was doing my stuff, when I was doing my bad thing, he wouldn't leave me alone. He kept reminding me constantly over and over, Thomas, you need to stop this. You need to stop doing that because the road I was going down, even I, I was going, I was going to get killed. Something was going to happen. Going to be a short life, man. I was in places I shouldn't have been. I was in, I was in, I was just out there, and so were you. So were you. And if we had to continue on that road, something, something bad was going to happen. So I'm so glad he didn't leave me alone. Aren't you glad Jesus didn't leave you alone? I'm glad he didn't leave me alone. Yes, I really am. Don't leave me alone, Lord. Con continue to visit me. Continue to remind me uh, of, of, of what your word says and what your will for me is. Continue to remind me that, that you love me, that you died for me on Calvary. You gave your life that I might have a better life. Continue to remind me of that till I get it, till I get it. Some folks just ain't going to get it. He died. Jesus died for the world, but they still don't get it. Well, he died on the cross. Well, he died on the cross. They just don't get it. So we got to keep reminding people what Jesus done until you get it. Somebody said, Lord, I thank you. I get it. I get it. Give the Lord a hand praise. I'm done. Heart. It's just a little hard. May God bless you. That's all I have for you today. God bless you. Thanks, Pastor Johnson, for another amazing message. Make sure to join us next week for an all-new episode of the Upper Room Church Podcast. Until then, remember, encounter Jesus, echo hope, and dwell in love.